This is the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we have stuff going on, but I need to scroll up to see them. Uh, <laughs> in Adventures in Hunting, uh, we got some pop figures we're going to talk about. A pretty wide selection, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, in Blu-rays, we only got one, maybe two that we're going to talk about. Let's go with two. Okay. Yeah. Um, so two new things that we're going to talk about. And for this week's sneak peeks, we are going to be talking about a Disney Plus exclusive video thing. The hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and then for the main event of the evening, we will be breaking down Marriage Story. A Netflix original, right? It's a Netflix original, right? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Um, so, with that, let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm Brucker. I'm Levi. And together, we co-host a movie podcast called Film on the Rocks. On our movie podcast, we like to have fun with movies, and we don't like to break down movies beat by beat, scene by scene. We like to talk about what was fun about them. So we talk about our favorite scenes, uh, sprinkle in some trivia, uh, we debate whether or not they deserve a sequel, and we also talk about um, some drinking rules that they can have, such as drink every time Vince Vaughn stuffs his face in Wedding Crashers. Or something we call the Yoda Clause, which is every time Frank Oz jumps on a screen, finish your drink. You can find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or really anywhere you can find podcasts, if this sounds interesting to you. Yes, and we also love listener interaction, and we also like to take movie requests, so you could reach out to us on Twitter at Film on the Rocks. Instagram, Film on the Rocks Podcast, or email us at fotrpodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from y'all. Give us a listen. All right, first up, Adventures in Hunting. Uh, starting off with pop figures, uh, we are going to go through this random list because I forgot to write the ones that we're going to talk about down. Oh, he's killing it with preparation, but this was thrown together so last minute, so it's okay. It was. We were supposed to have a guest, but Vic decided to bail on us. Because girls are more important. Yeah, what the shit is up with that, man? (laughs) Me being the single guy I am. Oh, good hell. Anyway, uh, starting off, uh, first one we're going to talk about is a Pop in a Box exclusive Red Hood. You know more about Red Hood than I do, so do you want to talk about this one? Yeah, so a quick history of the Red Hood, if you don't know. Uh, the Red Hood is actually the alter ego of Joker if or in the Killing Joke storyline. Um, but this Red Hood is Jason Todd. So this is what happened after uh, Joker quote-unquote killed him. And Batman thought he was dead, but he was resurrected in a Lazarus pit by Ra's al Ghul and kind of went on a murdering spree and became the Red Hood. Decent. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) It is a super basic looking figure. It looks like 
someone forgot to paint an Iron Man head. It kind of it it honestly kind of does. Yeah, it's just the lines and everything in it. Like you get like some like battle damage in the head a little bit, but it just has a bunch of lines where I'm assuming the helmet disconnects if this were like a real helmet, but it seriously gives me like angry Iron Man vibes. <laughs> I love it. It's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's cool, but I don't know what to tell you. It's 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 okay. <laughs> uh so yeah, we have that figure. We also have a another pop in a bo- pop in a box exclusive Venom with wings. I don't really have anything else to say about this cuz I don't know anything about Venom having wings in the comics. I don't either. I don't know why he would have wings. Um, anyone who's well-versed in Spider-Man or Venom, please let us know why Venom ha- would have wings. Because it does not make sense. All I know is I really want them to introduce that and Venom let there be carnage. That would be dope. Or maybe a- at least Venom 3, if there is a Venom 3. That's fair. Cool figure. Um, it it has a stand, a, a very visible stand. But, I mean, it's cool. Worry is F. <laughs> You're not wrong. Jeez, that's fuzzy. <laughs> uh, anyway, next up we have... Something. Something. We have a Mandalorian figure. Apparently... They're starting this thing called Mando Mondays. You gotta be freaking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, this one's freaking weird. It's, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Um, but it's the Mandalorian riding a bantha with the child in like this little sack. You know, you think I would have something to comment on considering I finally watched the Mandalorian, but I really don't. Yeah. Rose has been helping me move. Or he helped me move, so we drove to, or from Utah to Georgia, and by the time this comes out, Rose will already be back in Utah, and so every episode now is going to be recorded remotely, but... It's okay, don't cry. It's okay, guys, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can see he's real torn up about it. Um, Anyway, so he's staying with with me right now uh for a few days so i finally i made him watch the mandalorian yeah i basically did there was nothing else to watch so yeah it was either that or simpsons and i decided to take advantage of the situation but you can't say you hated it no i didn't know i i actually really liked it and he even caught me up on season two as well so ready for episode three hails yes so this looks like it's going to be like a jumbo sized figure, more maybe more like six inch. I could see that. Yeah, I don't see them scaling it down so the bantha's going to fit with inside a normal box, even if they did it like tilted like the uh, that one Deadpool, like they did with that uh, the, like the Rock uh, people from Frozen Two, like how crammed in. 
I figure it wasn't how freaking heavy the box was. They actually had to tape all of them shut. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, cool figure. Um, after that, did we have anything else? I'm pretty sure that was a yes. That's it. Yep. So that covers everything in adventures and or in, with pops. Uh, moving on to Blu-rays, we have two new Blu-rays uh, that are getting released. So I'll let Rose talk about that. Uh, so first up, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is finally coming to Blu-ray. No 4K release, um, and it's just getting a Blu-ray and digital uh, release. No Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital, just Blu-ray plus digital. No Steelbook, no no exclusives, and it's bullshit because I have the first two on Scream Factory or Shout Factory, whatever you want to say, Steelbook, and so now it's just going to look awkward because I can't have the third one. That's dumb. I feel like they're eventually going to release a Steelbook or something. They freaking better, because I'm dealing with middle-class problems right here. <laughs> or should I say first-world problems? I think either way, you hit it on the head. <laughs> yes! Uh, and then after that, uh, finally coming to Blu-ray in the complete set is The Office. It's been a while since it's... Uh, been just on DVD, and I guess they finally decided, you know what, we should probably release the whole series on Blu-ray. Why not? People love this show. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be crazy freaking expensive, though. It is. It's like $120. How many seasons does that show have? Nine, I think? Nine? Yeah. Jeez. Dude, I think Small... I remember seeing the Smallville set, and it was only like a, the first few seasons, and those were... Or about like in the those were in the hundreds, like I think it was either like one fifty, maybe two. F that. Yeah, Smallville was was good, but that one had ten seasons. Yeah. And with this, like, if this is a complete box set, that's fairly cheap. That, here, let me really quickly. I just want to double check to make sure that's what it is. I mean, I'm gonna wait a little while, actually a lot of while. Until it goes decently cheaper. Because I love The Office, but I don't love it that much. There's rarely a show uh, that I would spend over $100 just to get the complete series. How low would you get it? I'm thinking like 80 No, 60 Because Okay, so on Amazon, it's $112. That's not no, bad. No, it's not. For nine seasons, that is really good, actually. Yeah, that's a damn good price. So, you guys, if you guys want to own The Office, considering it's leaving Netflix at the end of the year, here's your chance to own it on Blu-ray. Unless you're getting Peacock, then you're set. Yeah. Anyway, that concludes everything in Adventures in Hunting. Wait, I forgot. I'm just kidding. Oh, jeez, you're the worst. <laughs> Um, apologies if this episode sounds a little awkward. Um, we are recording on one microphone and I don't have a stand for, or I don't have a place to put my stand. So I'm having to like act like a freaking mic guy and just like move it back and forth between me and Rose. So 
if you hear like funky stuff, it's yeah, that's the issue. Um, I promise we will have our audio issues fixed by next time. It's just this one middle move across the country, kind of funky. It'll it'll do stuff to you, and you know, even messing up your podcast. But you know, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, freaking bitch ass move messing up our podcast. Who the hell do you think you are? Hey, it wasn't my idea to have you move. Don't look at me. That's fair. Anyway, uh, moving on to this week's sneak peeks. Uh, the only trailer that we have this week, or the only one that's standing out to us, is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Let's hope it's better than the first Holiday Special. <laughs> I think Disney just needs to bite the bullet and release the original. Having them release that on Disney Plus is like having them release Song of the South on Disney Plus. No, it's not. <laughs> not even a little bit. To them it is. Because they're both <laughs> a horrible way to look at Disney. Even though George Lucas made the Star Wars special, they don't want them to they don't want to associate their Star Wars with that Star Wars. That's fair. But I would not compare it to Song of the South. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else to compare it to what Disney refuses to release on Disney+. Plus. Honestly, it's not Disney's fault that the holiday special was awful. It's George Lucas's. Yeah, and it's also his fault that Mark Hamill looked like a Barbie doll. That is absolutely true. I've seen little clips and bits of the holiday special. And yeah, he straight up looks like a Barbie doll. What were they thinking with that much makeup? Nothing. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, uh, this holiday special. So I'm a huge Scrooge. Bef- like when it comes to Christmas, before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas it up. I could give two shits, but before. Thanksgiving, absolutely no Christmas. Uh, then you must hate me because I start playing Christmas music November 1st all year long. Or all two months long. You're the absolute worst. Okay, Christmas music is my favorite part of Christmas and it always gets me in a good mood. So kiss my ass. <laughs> Dude, the way... So, with October, October, like, and the, it's kind of the way that we're doing this, like, this these months... October is like spooky month. I'm going to watch spooky movies, Halloween movies, scary horror. Like I'm kind of more recently into the spooky and horror. So I'll watch movies like that. And I'm like in the Halloween spirit, like full freaking blown. Thanksgiving is like, or November is kind of like my in-between time. So from like November. So yeah, November 1st to... About, like, December 1st is nothing but, like, uh, like middle movies. Kind of, like, they don't really have a theme to them. It's just kind of like, oh, whatever movies. Whatever I want to watch. I was going to say, because the only Thanksgiving movie that comes to mind is a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah, and I watch that every year. Freaking love it. Um, Did you hear the whole thing about how I don't think ABC is going to show those specials anymore? 
What? Why? You have to pay for them now. They can go to hell. That is bullshit. They are messing with tradition, those assholes. You just gotta buy them, Caleb. Sorry, mine didn't come with the digital code. <laughs> you said ABC? Uh, yes. So then shouldn't they put it on Disney Plus? They have the Peanuts movie on Disney Plus. Yeah, they should. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, that makes the most sense. I mean, I'm fine paying $7. I mean, I already pay $7, so it's not like I'm really getting affected if they put the peanut specials on there. If anything, they'll probably be in, like, Ultra HD. So That would be fantastic. And keeping the tradition alive. Um, But yeah, so I'll watch that on, on Thanksgiving, typically. And then December, like, as soon as freaking Thanksgiving is over... I'll start listening to Christmas music, and then December 1st is when I just kill it with freaking Christmas movies. Okay. Have you ever seen Silent Night? Um, Is that a horror movie? It is. It's about a killer Santa Claus. Then no, I have not seen that movie. I don't know if uh, when the Blu-ray release has a digital code, but yeah, I gotta show you that, because it's, it's a bloody good time. Is that the tagline for the movie? No, I wish it was, though. <laughs> I was going to say, you freaking cheese. Or, here, here's the uh, tagline. We wish you a bloody Christmas and a gruesome New Year. Is that, like, the legitimate tagline? No, no it's not. That's mine. Ah, freaking hell, dude. I'm just, coming, I'm just coming up with them on the spot. They should hire me for taglines. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that's kind of how my, my year goes. And then it's like a majority of the year, I just watch whatever. I don't like have special movies that I watch on like the holidays through the rest of the year. Oh. But like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Halloween, or reverse that, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas are the times that I actually have a movie that I want to watch. Can I make a suggestion as an uncle? What? Can you please show Iris the Polar Express every Christmas Eve? That one I actually do have on my watch list. So she is going to be seeing that this year. Yes! That's fantastic, Tier. That makes me very happy. Yeah, that's going to be freaking awesome. Um. Anyway, getting back to this Lego Star Wars holiday special. Um. It sounds like... There's a certain people that are coming back for this. Like, Billy D. Williams is coming back to voice Lando. Um, I don't know if Mark Hamill is going to be back to voice Luke. It doesn't sound like he was. I don't think so either, because I think they're just going for the young Luke. And I don't know if Mark Hamill has that in him anymore. I bet he could. He does a lot of voice work. I don't think it'd be that difficult to pull off a younger him. That's true, but maybe Disney, like, after the way that he acted with The Last Jedi, they're just like, mm, you know what, we kind of had to have you in The Rise of Skywalker, so I think we're good. Which, I hate, because I love freaking Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but it seems like they didn't, if you go on IMDb, I haven't looked at it since we watched the trailer, but it sounds like the, the cast is coming back to voice their characters like 
uh, what was her name? Rosie Tran? Or what was it? What's her name? Her real name is Kelly Marie Tran. Her character's name is Rose Tico. Oh. Um, yeah, so anyway, she's coming back to voice Rose. Um, and then a lot of other characters, like the guy that voices Anakin Skywalker, I think his name is like Matt Landron or something like that. Or Lanton. Something along those lines. He's coming back to voice Anakin. Uh, the guy that they that voices Obi-Wan is coming back to voice Obi-Wan, not Ewan McGregor from Clone Wars. Um, I Frank Oz isn't coming back to voice Yoda, which sucks. So, boo. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, Billy D. Williams, and so far that's the only, um, or do you know of someone else? Yeah, he missed one. Anthony D. Uh, Anthony isn't it Anthony D. Williams as C. Three PO. You mean Anthony Daniels? <laughs> Dude, did you just mix up Anthony Daniels and Billy D. Williams? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> oh my hell! Not okay. That's hilarious. Um. Yeah, that's right. Anthony Daniels is coming back as C-3PO. But it sounds like Daisy Ridley is going to be back, too. It sounds like it, it, a little bit. It does, and I really hope she does, because I love her as Rey so much. Yeah, I'm interested to see who they get to voice Poe and Finn. Because with the shit that Finn and his whole character thing... Yeah, well, so... I don't know about Oscar Isaac, but I know uh, John Boyega was just like, yeah, no, they can't pay me enough to come back. I'm done with Star Wars. Which is bullshit. I mean, come on. Everyone has a price. Yeah, but the way that his character was treated in the sequel trilogy, can you really blame him? No, he was kind of a wasted character. <laughs> so that's fair. Um... But the, like this kind of has a cool premise. It go it's going back and kind of changing the Star Wars timeline. Obviously, it's not going to be canon, because duh. But okay. it seems fun. I'm gonna laugh my ass off if they do say that this is canon. I know they're not going to, but I just want to be able to laugh in your face. I doubt it, because they're also messing with Mandalorian. It looks like they're bringing everything Star Wars into this deal. And me being like the Scrooge I am, I am going to watch this when it gets released. Because it, they're celebrating Life Day, not Christmas. Leave it to you to find a loophole. Yeah, I'm going to have fun. <laughs> it seems fun. No, no, it really does. I mean, do we want to just give like our quick thoughts on this like when it comes out? Or do we want to do a breakdown of it? I think if we do anything, we'll do like a mini breakdown and just release it on social media. If anything. I'm going to make sure it happens. You guys are going to get an All Bros mini breakdown of the Lego Star Wars special. Holiday special. Yeah. I'd be down for that. I'd be super down for that. Um. Anyway, uh, excitement level for this special. Uh, eight. That's about where I'm at, too. I'm fairly excited. Something I'm going to watch. 
seems like it'll be fun, and I love the Lego shit, so. Exactly. Anyway, so that concludes everything in this week's sneak peeks. So let's move on to the main event of the evening. Let's do it. Time for the main event. It's main event time. Let's play game. Alrighty, for this week's main event of the evening, we will be breaking down Marriage Story. But, before we get into that, uh, we have some answers to our question of the week. So, let me get that pulled up really fast. Alright, our first response comes to us uh, from Twitter. This is from the hashtag NoFenceShow at HTNOS. They said, I actually dug Marriage Story a lot. I'm partial to the babysitter myself. Also, I am mother. There have been a ton. And absolutely agree with you. I love the babysitter. Um, you actually enjoyed it a lot, too. Yeah, wait, Marriage Story or The Babysitter? The Babysitter. Oh, sorry. Yes, I was not expecting to have such a good time with that movie, so. Yeah, same here. Um, I have not seen I Am Mother yet. Is that the Jennifer Lawrence one? No, that's just Mother. I don't think I've even heard of I Am Mother. I haven't either, so I'm going to have to check that out. Is that a spinoff of I Am Legend? Gosh, you're so dumb. <laughs> uh, our next response comes to us from the Untrained Eye at Untrained Eye Pod. Uh, they said, Dolomite is my name by a wide margin. I don't know what that is either. That's that Eddie Murphy one. Yeah, I've never even heard of that one. Really? I've seen commercials for it. I don't know like what the story is, but it look it's I mean it's Eddie Murphy. Like can it be that bad? He's not Norbit. <laughs> He's not Norbit, right? Yeah, I just re- remind or <laughs> reminded myself of that when I started leaning the mic towards you. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is I don't hate that movie as much as people do, but I'll I'll admit it's probably Eddie Murphy's worst work. That's saying a lot, considering he did the Nutty Professor movies. That's fair. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, Untrained Eye hasn't led us astray yet. I mean, they gave, they gave us Lovebirds to review. And also collaborate on, so that's a very good point. Yeah, so go check that episode out while you're at it. Uh, yes, we do know that that episode is longer than the movie. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a response from Film on the Rocks at Film on the Rocks. Uh, they said, Marriage Story is great. I will say I did enjoy Enola Holmes a lot as well. I haven't heard a lot of these Netflix movies. What's wrong with me? Where have I been? Dude, Enola Holmes is freaking awesome. It has, uh... Oh, shit. 
Millie Bobby Brown is in it. Oh, and doesn't have Henry Cavill? Yep. Cavill. Dude, you've been pronouncing it correct like the entire time we've been doing this show. What the shit was that? I don't know. I, I second guess myself just like I second guess myself with Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot? It, it is Gal Gadot. Yes. <sighs> I quit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Enola Holmes, so much fun. So this is like the sister of Sherlock Holmes. Ooh, okay. And Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's badass. I love it. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. All right, next up we got a response from Captain Kazmos. I think I said that right. At Cas- Casual with K-A-Z. Uh, yeah, Casual 520. Uh, he said, the wrong Missy is a banger. And have you seen The Wrong Missy? Nope. Never even heard of it. It is a David Spade movie. Easily one of the best movies he's done. Like, modern. Like, one of his best modern movies. All his other movies, I'm like, eh, like, you can take it or leave it. It's kind of like a borderline Joe Dirt vibes, like I feel like his other movies have been. This one is freaking hilarious, and he's not even the funniest part of the movie. You don't like Joe Dirt? I like Joe Dirt. I think it's just kind of like stupid comedy. And that's what I think some of his other... Like, I appreciate the stupid comedy. But he plays more of like a a Tommy Boy vibe. Like, the you've seen Tommy Boy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like that role in this movie. Okay, I can get on board with that. Yeah, so he so the like the whole premise of this is he goes on a date with someone. He gets set up on a date with someone named Missy. And this chick is freaking nuts. Like absolutely freaking insane. And she's hilarious. I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head, but she is amazing. So he goes on this date, doesn't like her. But ends up running into another Missy at the airport. Puts their, his, or she puts his, her number in his phone. And he tries to call, or t- he tries to text the Missy to meet him for this, like, work retreat. And he ends up texting the crazy Missy. And she shows up on this retreat and just goes freaking nuts. And it is the funniest thing. It's like, oh, it's like David Spade in his role in Tommy Boy with a female Chris Farley in kind of a of a grown ups situation like that that movie. Absolutely hilarious. I love it. Okay, I'll check it out then. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, anyway, we are not breaking down that movie right now. (laughs) Um, we also got a response from Kyle A. Goth at Almighty Goatman, or Goatman, however you want to pronounce that. Um, but he says, Marriage Story is probably the best one. 
but I've watched The Irishman more than any other original film. I'm really sucking at this. I've never seen The Irishman either. That's that Robert De Niro one. Oh, I know which movie it is. I just have not seen it yet. I haven't either. New Baby doesn't leave a whole lot of time to watch a three-hour movie. You know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like our my baby and I like have this weekend tradition of watching Marvel movies um in the mornings. So like on Saturday we'll we'll watch a Marvel movie in the morning. Haven't gotten to Endgame yet, but I want to get to it. But it's hard because she doesn't sleep through it all. Or because she'll like wake up and I need to watch that movie as one big piece like i can't split it up that that's fair i understand that you just gotta prep yourself to cry again right yes absolutely and now i haven't seen that that movie since having a child i don't think i i get emotional thinking about the scene between ant-man and cassie when he comes back and like sees her Aw, that's such a sweet moment. Yeah, like that, like just thinking about that scene will bring me to tears. And so if I'm afraid if I actually see it, I'm going to like explode. <laughs> he probably will. Maybe. Anyway. um, All right, one sec. We got a response over on Instagram. We got a couple responses over on Instagram. Uh, so the first one is from HT Nos. Uh, they said, I think I hit this on, or I know I hit this on Twitter, and it's a typically unpopular opinion, but Eurovision was great. Dutch and I still quote lines back and forth to each other, plus the soundtrack kicks ass. See, I never heard of that one either. That's that Will Ferrell one. Oh, that Man, I suck at knowing Netflix movies. This is pathetic. I spend too much time on Netflix, so. <laughs> see, see, that's me, but with Disney Plus. Fair enough, but yeah, they were promoting that one pretty hard for a long time, and I don't know why I didn't watch it. But I'm going to. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked considering it's Will Ferrell. Some, honestly, I feel you can never go wrong with Will Ferrell. Uh, are you forgetting that Holmes movie he did? Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so haven't seen that one, but super excited to watch it. Um, then our last response comes to us from Ethan.Doodles. And he said the platform. And I don't know what the platform is. I'm assuming it has to do with the platform. Good hell. <laughs> I'm just taking a wild guess. Such insight. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's all the responses that we got. Um, so thank you to everyone that responded to our question of the week. We love hearing from you guys and love hearing your thoughts on stuff and hearing your opinions on what's great and what's not. Yes, thank, thank, thank you very much. And I'm really sorry that I literally didn't know like 80% of those movies yeah 
Um, but with that, let's get into this week's breakdown of Marriage Story. Um, so if you are new to our breakdown system, we've split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final all bros letter grade. Um, we also get a percentage that we talk about at the end of it. Um, but uh, the eight categories that we grade are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then at the end give it our own personal grade for it. Um, so with that, if you have not seen this movie, spoiler alert ahead, uh, we will be, or Rose will be reading off the entire synopsis for this movie. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But I also don't think you can ruin this movie for yourself. It's something you have to experience. I would definitely agree with that. So, with a marriage story, the plot goes, Charlie Barber is is a successful theater director in New York City. His theater company is producing a play that stars his wife, Nicole, a former teen film actress. The couple is experiencing marital troubles and sees a mediator who suggests that they each write down what they like about one another, but Nicole is too embarrassed to read hers aloud and they decide to forego the counseling. Nicole is offered a starring role in a television pilot in Los Angeles, and she decides to leave the theater company and temporarily live with her mother in West Hollywood, taking the couple's young son, Henry, with her. Charlie decides to stay in New York, as the play is in the process of moving to Broadway. Despite the couple agreeing to split um, wow. Um, amicably? Amicably. Am, thank you. Amicably. Shit. Lawyer, uh... Uh, and forgo lawyers, Nicole hires Nora Fanshawe, a family lawyer. Nicole tells Nora the full story of her relationship with Charlie and how she gradually felt neglected by him and how he rejects her ideas and desires. Nicole also reveals that she thinks Charlie slept with the stage manager of the theater company. Charlie flies out to Los Angeles to visit his family, revealing that he has won a MacArthur Fellowship grant, but Nicole serves him divorce papers. Charlie meets with Jay Morada, a brash and expensive lawyer who urges Charlie to f- er, who urges Charlie to fight dirty, but Charlie returns to New York without hiring him. He receives a call from Nora who urges him to get a lawyer soon or risk losing custody of Henry. Charlie returns to Los Angeles and hires Bert Spitz, an empathetic and retired family lawyer who favors a civil and consul- consolatory approach. Uh, on Bert's counsel, Charlie rents an apartment in Los Angeles to be closer to his family and strengthen his custody case. Charlie wishes to avoid going to court, so Bert arranges a meeting with Nora and Nicole. Nora argues that Charlie refused to respect Nicole's wishes to move back to Los Angeles and that Henry would prefer to stay with his mother rather than fly back and forth between coasts. Bert privately advises Charlie to drop his New York residency altogether, but a frustrated Charlie refuses and fires him. Using the first payout of his MacArthur MacArthur Fellowship grant, Charlie hires Jay on on retainer. The case moves to court when Nora and Jay argue aggressively on behalf of their clients, leading to a series of character assassinations. Nora highlights Charlie's past infidelity and emotional distance, while Jay exaggerates Nicole's drinking habits as alcoholism and threatens criminal action for hacking into Charlie's emails. Meanwhile, Charlie and Nicole remain friendly out of court, 
and share time with Henry, who's increasingly annoyed with the back and forth. Disillusioned with the legal process, the couple decides to meet in private away from the lawyers. However, a friendly discussion in Charlie's apartment devol devolves into an emotional and vicious argument. Nicole claims that Charlie has now fully merged with his own selfishness, and Charlie punches a hole in a wall, angrily wishing that he she would die. He then breaks down in shame and apologizes. Nicole comforts him. An appointed expert evaluator monitors a night in with Charlie and Henry, during which Charlie accidentally cuts himself. Soon after, the couple agrees to relax their demands and reach an equal agreement to finalize the divorce, although Nora negotiates slightly better terms for Nicole against her wishes. A year later, Charlie's play has a successful Broadway one run, while Nicole has a new boyfriend and is nominated for an Emmy Award for directing an episode of her show. Charlie informs Nicole that he has taken a residency at UCLA and will be living in Los Angeles full-time to be closer to Henry. Later, he discovers Henry reading Nicole's list of things she likes about Charlie she wrote down during counseling. Henry asks Charlie to read it aloud to him, and Charlie does so, becoming emotional as Nicole watches from afar. That evening, after attending a Halloween party together, Nicole offers to let Charlie take Henry home even though it is her night. As Charlie walks out to his car carrying a sleeping Henry, Nicole stops Charlie to tie his shoe for him. He thanks her, and they part ways once more. Ugh. I loved this movie so freaking much. No, I did too. Well acted, just well everything. Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. I like there's so few things that I disliked about this movie, but the biggest thing that I enjoyed it felt real. Oh yeah, you could absolutely see a divorce going down like this. No question about it. Yeah, and having it start off where it's just between them nonverbal or maybe not just verbal agreements, not necessarily anything on paper. They're just not wanting to get lawyers involved. That like, at least it seems like that at first. They're like, oh, we don't want lawyers involved. Like, we'll handle it ourselves. Blah 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 blah. But then, oh, what was uh, Scarlett Johansson's character's name? Oh shit, was it Mary? No, Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. So Nicole's mother is the one that kind of pushes her to pursue a lawyer. Yeah, bas yeah basically. Yeah, and then that lawyer freaking just ruins everything. Freaking Laura Dern, always ruining it. Dude, no freaking joke. Like, I've never personally been a part of a divorce. My parents are still together. Um, I mean, and let alone being through a custody battle, I cannot imagine a lot of the shit that went down. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen it before because my parents are still together as well, and I've just never really seen any close friends have to go through divorces, so I don't really have anything to compare it to, but... The way that it goes down in this movie, it seems like a very stressful, emotional, beat-the-shit-out-of-you process. It does. Like, with uh, Nicole's lawyer, 
um, I think her name's Nora. Nora starts instigating all of this shit and basically forces Charlie's hand because she, she calls him and says, oh, have you found a lawyer yet? And he's just like, no, I'm still looking, but like I'll find one eventually. And she's just like, no, you need to find one now. Um, otherwise, you're going to go default on this on the the law proceedings and apparently what that means is that they can basically get whatever the hell they want they will be asking for maximum money maximum everything and including full custody and then he's all he hears is full custody like he doesn't like perk his ears up until he hears that and he's just like oh wait what (laughs) and then he freaking like it hits the gas. It tries to go and find a, a lawyer. But then he goes to, like, this shit lawyer. Like, this dude that's retired that's just like, oh, let's just handle this as civilly as possible. And ends up kind of screwing him in the end, I feel. He really does. And from the looks of this movie, you can tell if you want to play dirty, you got to hire Ray Liotta. You're damn straight. You have to hire Ray Liotta. Um... The only people I feel that win in divorces like that are the lawyers. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, because like, there's a whole scene where they're in the courtroom, and it's Nora and Ray Liotta's character. And like it's Nora and Nicole sitting on this bench, and then they see Charlie come in with Ray Liotta's character. What's his name, Jay? Oh, yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, something like that. I think it might have been Jay. But he, like, she sees him and she's just like, oh, she instantly goes into dirty mode. And she's just like, we're going to have to ask for things that we normally wouldn't have to and go places that we normally wouldn't. And the way that the court goes, it's just Nora and Jay going at it. And Charlie and Nicole are just sitting in their chairs looking down not even like looking at each other or looking up they're just looking at the table or looking at the floor and just letting those people like tear them down yeah the only time they ever glance at each other is when the other one's looking the other way yeah and it's so sad because you know that neither of them wanted that yeah exactly but unfortunately the way the lawyer especially Nora, it's all Nora's fault pushed it and had to come this way yeah and they ended up screwing him too because he was going to other lawyers like he was trying to find lawyers but wasn't able to get any of them because she apparently or nicole consulted with them but that makes no sense because she freaking went to nora first so you know damn well that nora made it so she had to go and consult with all of those different lawyers. Yeah, Nora really came to play dirty in this movie. Yeah, if ever there was a villain in this movie, it's Nora. If you hated, uh, oh my gosh, shit, what's, his, what's her name? Uh, Laura Dern is uh, Vice Admiral Holdo. If you hated her in that movie, you're going to despise her in this movie. That's not even close to a joke. <laughs> 
But she's just so mean, so vicious, and she takes advantage of Nicole. What what I love is when they're uh, all sitting in a conference room. It's when um, Charlie's just hired the uh, older gentleman as his lawyer. And she's just like ripping into Charlie and all this stuff. And all of a sudden they're just like, oh, you know what? We should have lunch. And then she just turns it off and she's all sweet. She's just like, so I heard you got a grant. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, what was her name? Uh, what was Scarlett's name? Nicole. Nicole. Nicole was saying that she got a grant. That that's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. You get you definitely deserve that. And then the whole grant thing, she takes that and uses it against him the next time, uh, the time, the first time they're in court. Yeah, that was absolute horseshit. And he had good intentions, and even Nicole, she knew what his intentions were with that money. He was going to use that and put it straight back into his theater. He was going to use it to pay the staff. He was going to use it to write more and put it money towards Charlie's college fund. He had all these really good intentions that or Nicole was all for. But he got screwed in the end because he has to pay for 30% of her lawyer plus his own lawyer. Yeah, I had no idea that was a thing. The whole you have to pay for my lawyer shit. Yeah. That is absolute garbage. If <laughs> This is going to sound super awful, and I understand how awful this is going to sound. After watching this movie, because I also listen to some true crime, true, true crime podcasts, after watching this movie... I now understand why some people choose to kill their spouse over getting divorced. See, I went the more nice way and said, I understand why people just say we're separated. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not as nice. I'm just like, oh, that's why. (laughs) I totally get it now. Not going to say I'm going to do it, but I totally understand. Yeah, I told... Brielle after we watch this no I'm I, I'll just chill I see your reaction and where you think this is headed I told her that I will never divorce her ever I'm like you are stuck with me until I die and I'm like if anyone is going to kill anyone you will have to murder me and she was just like Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds a lot better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was... <laughs> Wait, what? My wife just, or Brielle just came into the room and just said, bet. Yeah, I said you would have to kill me. No, you would have to murder me. before. After watching this movie, you, yeah, you would... Yeah, we're going to get into this later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um gosh. Anyway, it's just so heartbreaking like everything and it's sad because it also you also get to see the effect that it has on their son and he's you can see like near the beginning he seems to take sides. Yeah, yeah, he really takes his mom's side in this one. 
Yeah. And it's just like they have – do you ever find out like – well, I guess you do. I was going to say, do you ever find out why they're getting divorced other than like – because you just see them in their divorce mode. Like you never see why they uh, – what led to it. But I think it was just they were both unhappy. Well, I think I think it was mostly uh, like Nora, gosh damn, or Nicole. Nicole. Gosh, I'm sorry. I think it's mostly Nicole was the unhappy one, and Charlie thought that he was happy because he felt Nicole was happy. But when he found out that he wasn't happy, he's just like, okay, maybe what I thought was happy isn't actually. Yeah. It. <sighs> This one was also tough because you see both sides. I was more on Charlie's side throughout all of this. Oh, I absolutely was too. Yeah. And it's like I can see where Nicole's coming from that she, she feels that she's being held back by Charlie and not being allowed to pursue the things that she wants to pursue. Um, like he had this, she always thought that they were going to move back to LA. But he wanted to focus on the theater in New York and everything that was going on there. And that's what they ended up doing. And Nicole is such a people pleaser. I feel that she neglected her own feelings and never really pushed for the things that she wanted and was punishing Charlie for it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And it sucks. Like, I feel like... Even in the best relationship, you're going to have times where you just need your own thing. And if you need to, like, if if me and Brielle decided that, like, she wanted to go pursue something somewhere else, we would come up with, like, an agreement with Iris, because so, I want to see my daughter as often as possible. And obviously, I don't think it would ever lead to divorce but i feel like we would be able to discuss and be like this is what something i want to pursue and then i would make whatever adjustments i needed to to my life plan to accommodate hers and if there's just no way like if there was something like this where he wants to do something in new york she wants to do something in uh la i feel like they could have worked through that yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. It would have been really nice to see if they could actually work through it, but as the movie goes on, you're just like, I don't really think there's anything back from this. No, there were some things that were said <laughs> that I don't think they could have taken back. Like, like the big, th there's a big fight that they have, um, and Charlie and Nicole are just going at it. And she's, like, talking about, oh, like, how suffocated she felt and all of this crazy stuff. Well, not crazy. Just all this, these things that she was feeling. And Charlie says, because he's just so frustrated with everything that's going on, he's just like, I wish that you got an illness or got hit by a car and died. Because it... And you feel for him in that moment because you, you get it. Because you're just like, yeah, because if she died, like, all this shit would just disappear. Or if one or the other died, this shit would just go away, more or less. But 
yeah, it's just like you you get it. It still doesn't feel good, but it, you get it. <laughs> no, no, you absolutely do. But then he has to go and punch a hole in the wall, and I just love that he forgets to patch it up. And so when the um, oh, what would you call her? That one lady that comes. I think she's a social worker. So when the social worker comes to evaluate Charlie and his son as they're sitting on the couch talking, she sees the hole. It's just like, shit. Uh-oh. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, that scene was just so awkward. They had a social worker come in and just observe them. She didn't participate in anything. It, they were just supposed to act like she wasn't there, more or less. She asked some questions to their son, asked some questions to uh, Charlie, and then kind of went on her way. But she was just so awkward about it. And anything that came off like a mistake, where if he was, like he was trying to help his son with his homework, and his son just w- wasn't getting it, and was just like, uh, I want to take a break, and he's just like, no, like, we need to do this. And then he's just like, I'm taking a break. And he's just like, uh, okay. When earlier we've seen the same situation, kind of. Not exactly homework, but just something where he's trying to work through. And he, his son's just like, take a break, take a break, take a break. And he's just like, no, we're not taking a break. And so, like, you can see he's putting on a show for this social worker. And that would be so hard for me. That would be so difficult for me. No, I shouldn't have laughed, but the car, the part when uh, he's trying to get his son in the car, and he's, I think, uh, I forget, I think the son's just like, do I really have to go? And he's just like, yes, just get an effing car. I'm sorry to curse, but, like, F! <laughs> Dude, that was freaking hilarious. Because, I mean, I think everyone's felt that frustration before. <laughs> but... Honestly, like, situations like that, like, because it's not a funny moment, I feel. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's, you're not meant to laugh, but I, I caught myself and I feel bad. Yeah, you're not meant to laugh. It's just a shit situation and it's funny. Like, the whole drama comedy thing, like, that was a fine line between drama and comedy. And it was just, it was more on drama, but... It makes you laugh because you're just like, oh my gosh! And like one of the other scenes is when, when there was this, the social worker. Uh, he, she asks, um, so his son asks him to do this thing with a knife, and because he carries a knife on his keychain, and it's just kind of like a box opener yeah, looking it's knife. Like a mini box cutter. Yeah, and so she's just like, "What's up with the with the knife thing?" And he's just like, "Oh, I have this little." this keychain um i like nicole bought it for me uh and i've been carrying it on my keys ever since and the thing that i do with it is i make it look like it's i'm cutting myself i'm not really the blade is like detracted and he pulls it out and kind of does it and he's like yeah just so just something like that and then he, he like sits there for a second and then she like looks at his arm and he looks down and he's bleeding and so he's, like, covering it up with his hand, and she's just like, are you okay? And he's just like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And he, like, stands there and is, like, waiting for her to, like, leave. And me and Rose, we 
because we were watching this together, I was just like, like kind of being like what I would act like, because she was taking her sweet time getting out the door, not on purpose, just being like, oh, I thought this, blah, 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 like giving her thoughts and stuff, and he's just standing there holding his arm, and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, get the F out of my house. And then after he, like, rushes to the sink and, like, tries to patch himself up and ends up, like, fainting. Yeah, from from so much blood loss. Yeah, and I thought that was freaking hilarious. I think the fact that, like, makes it funny but also really sad is his son comes into the kitchen while he's passed out on the floor. Well, not passed out, but he's just laying there on the floor. Doesn't ask he doesn't like rush over to see if his dad is okay. No, as he's walking past him to go to the fridge, he's like, Dad, you okay? Yeah, okay. Grabs him for the fridge and then just goes back into his room. Yeah, that was a shit thing to do. Yeah. Like you raised a shit human. <laughs> <laughs> but like I I would told I feel for that kid. Just like because his dad collapsed it wasn't just something like or charlie yeah charlie collapsed it wasn't he was just like okay i'm just gonna lay down for a second he fell and he his son just comes in and just like grabs milk and leaves i'm like you piece of shit like i hope my son or my daughter would freaking act more concerned than you did oh yeah let's hope so but yeah, it's just this whole movie. It's it it feels so real, and it doesn't make you feel good at the end. Like it kind it kind of does. Like it kind of does. But I don't know. Throughout the whole movie, you just feel like garbage because you know that these two people are being manipulated into doing something that they didn't want to do just because the lawyers want money and it sucks like really freaking bad yeah it it really does it's a really sad thing to watch unfold yeah anyway um what are you thinking for story i'm thinking like a solid 90 solid 90 i i can give you that i was i was in the like the 89 like 91 range but i can yeah 90 is a perfect score for that um moving on to writing uh what are you thinking for writing uh overall writing was just as strong as the story um the uh, lines that they gave to Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson were amazing. It really made you truly feel for these characters, and they really played out a. Uh, they really showed you the dark side of a divorce, and just like what, how unfortunately a marriage can, this can happen to a marriage, and just how unfortunate it is, and like honestly, with writing, I'm at the exact same score. I made. Boosted a little bit because I thought the writing was very strong. Not not like ninety five range, maybe like ninety one, ninety two. Uh, just because I thought everything was just so strong, like all the dialogue was really well written, 
it didn't feel super out of place. I don't think that there was any wasted dialogue. Everything drove the story. There were silences where there needed to be silences, talking where there needed to be talking. I don't think that there was anything wasted. The only stuff that I felt could be construed as wasted was some of the side characters. So that's why I'm not quite up to 95 or even 100. Um, But yeah, I'm like 91, 92. I mean, the middle of 91? Yeah, I could definitely do 91. All right, next up we got acting. Uh, So we're only going to be grading Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, Yeah, so those are the only two we're going to be be scoring. But, so let's start off with Scarlett. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, Fantastic performance. Uh, I really wish she would have won an Oscar for this because this is one of her best. Um, Like, I literally have nothing bad to say about her. She was amazing in all of her emotional scenes. You truly felt for her being a a mother that was about to become a divorced wife, um, making sure that uh, what was being done was the best thing for her son and just, just wanting everything to... She wanted everything to go kind of, I don't know if I want to say in like a happy way, but like they wanted, she wanted them to, I feel, depart on good conditions and the way that Nora was doing it, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, One scene that really stands out to me, and I know this was really early in the the movie, um, was when... Nicole and Charlie had just gotten home from the performance Um, because like he had this play that he's directing and she was one of the leads and so they came home and she she went and put their son to bed came out he was getting set up on the couch and he was talking or she was just asking him his thoughts and opinions on whether she should take this pilot and because he read the script and everything and he's just like oh like it was okay but like I don't really watch tv and like so I don't really understand it and then she like looks over and he's watching tv like he has the tv on and everything and then she's about to go to bed, but stops and just like, you have notes. And he's just like, nope, no, I don't have notes. And she's just like, you're not going to be able to sleep until you tell me these notes. Just get them out. And so he gives his notes on her performance. And it was just something, it was something about her posture. Um, and something about her line delivery at the end. And then he's just like, that's it. Like thanks for indulging me and she's just like no problem walks off but as soon as she like is by herself you could see her like starting to cry and you can tell she doesn't want to to break up or anything or divorce or separate but she wants to feel like every like what she does is good enough and I think I don't think that his 
notes help with that. Yeah, exactly. And just the, you already touched upon, it, but the scene where she's like, "Okay, good night, Charlie," and as she like right as she uh, enters the hallway, you just start to see her burst into tears. Not burst, but you see uh, um, tears starting to drip down her eyes, and it's a very emotional scene. It's so well acted by Scarlett. Yeah, I think everything she did was super well done. Um. <sighs> honestly had no issues with her performance so i am wherever you're at i don't know if i uh, about 98 i can definitely do 98 um what are we thinking for adam driver i want to give him a point higher let's go with 99 99 you think he did better than scarlet ooh I won't. Okay, I think he did. I okay. I can see why you think he did. <laughs> he did amazing, such a solid performance, and he knocked it out of the park. And with someone that didn't know any better, he was taken off guard. Like everything that was going on, he was just like, "Oh, like no, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that." But divorce causes people, at least in this instance, if this is as realistic, if you're from a divorced household or had to go through something like this, let us know how accurate this was. Um, But he was just so... He wanted to see the good in Nicole. Like, no, she wouldn't do that to me. She wouldn't do that to me. And ultimately, she didn't. But she was... She didn't have enough say with Nic- with Nora to, um, yeah, to kind of get exactly what she wanted and make sure that everything. It was her just trying to please Nora, I feel, and let Nora kind of take the reins and do whatever that screwed them in the in the end and his. The way that he portrays being caught off guard in those moments, just masterful. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I I sometimes feel that Adam Driver is underlooked as an actor, um, and I really wish that people would acknowledge how amazing this man is. He is one of the best actors working today. Yeah, easily, easily one of the best. Um, so point higher, so 99, uh, so that averages out to a 98.5. All right, next up we got character development. Uh, so who should we do? Should we do them both as a, like, as a unit, or who do you think? I'd say as a unit. I like that idea. Okay. Um, what are you thinking with this? Um, so overall, I loved watching um, their marriage. Sto- I don't even know if we want to call this a marriage story. Isn't it a divorce story? <laughs> they do say something that stuck with me. And it's just you become a better husband through a divorce than you ever could in a marriage. And I think that's kind of what they were getting at. Because this is part... Just like any like life, the 
death is just as big a part of life as birth. And in a marriage, I feel like it's the same. The divorce or the split or the separation is just as important as the dating was. It all leads to the same end, ultimately. Um, un- like Obviously, most, or I won't even say most, because I think the divorce rate's really freaking high. If you're lucky enough to be in a marriage where you don't separate or divorce, it just it ultimately ends with one of you passing away, or both of you in the notebook instance. <laughs> but it's going to end on this plane of existence at some point, and that's just what it, what happens. This will end. Yeah, no, and it's it's an unfortunate thing to think about, but I feel they handled the topic so well in this movie. Um, just watching their story of how, um, honestly, just watching them start out as a young couple that fell in love, and then watching the their marriage story, um, dis what is the word disperse? I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know what word you're thinking of, but I do know what you're... I do know understand the idea. <laughs> okay. um, but yes, I agree. Um, so, so yeah, you know, just, just watching that, you know, them realizing, especially... Um, oh my... I'm going to remember her name by the end of this episode, but I'm not... Nicole. Nicole. Watching her realize that, you know, actually, I don't know if I'm really happy in this marriage and Charlie being taken off guard from them having to get lawyers and just the custody battle. It's just it's an absolute shit show, but it's handled so well and how the story is told and how these actors uh, tell it through their um, emotional acting, just all the acting around just the, the character development for both of these characters is truly amazing. Just watching them go from their highest highs to their lowest lows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things I really liked is that they started off with the letters. So it started off with uh, Charlie reading off his letter about Nicole and everything that he liked about her. And then cut to Nicole's letter about Charlie and everything that she liked about him. And you get to go through that letter and like all the instances of them doing those things that they liked, being happy. Um, and then it cuts to like the, uh, the letters and you can see that the letters are just what the narration was. And it's sad. They had beautiful things to say about each other. If, she wasn't so self-conscious about what she wrote. I feel like things could have gotten mended. I I absolutely agree. Like the what they shared about each other, what they shared about uh both how what they loved about their son just yeah, I I really wish they both would have been able to read those letters. Yeah. And honestly, I was rooting for uh charlie to read his because he was all for reading his 
the reason that Nicole didn't read it was because she didn't like what she wrote. And then the counselor was saying, like, it's fine. Just read whatever you wrote, whatever you felt. And then Charlie was just like, oh, well, I like what I I. I like what I wrote. Like, I'm willing to read this. Like, I'm willing to, like, do you want to hear mine? And she's just like, no, I don't want to hear yours. And she was, just, she was the one that I feel wasn't willing to put in that work or wasn't willing to try as hard as him. Because he... Like I said, she was just being so critical of what she wrote instead of, I don't know, like, how how would you say those notes affected them? Because, like, you can see how, it, like, it start, like I said, it starts with the highs. You see everything break down until, like, a final head. They get into this argument and things slowly start getting okay from there. They don't start getting good. They get okay and then at the end, they figure out how to work together as co-parents, I feel. And that, I feel, is an incredible arc You where it's showing you the realness that things go from great to awful to the absolute worst they've ever been to an okay place to a decent place where you can feel happy again. <laughs> but... Yeah, like, how do you feel about those those letters and, like, what those... Because, like, like I said, I was having issues, like, seeing... Kind of, like, just thinking about how each of them were maybe overthinking. Because him saying that he really liked his felt, like, cocky. And that was something that she had issues with with him. And her... And, like, also that letter with the self-confidence. I don't know, the way I look at it is those letters were, like, what I mean, the true meaning of it was them telling what they loved about each other, but I feel considering it was what they liked about each other, it was kind of like their, kind of like their, like, goodbye notes to their marriage, and it's just like, you know what, this is what I loved about being married to you, and I'm sorry that it didn't work out, but I will never forget the good times that we had. That is a good point of view. Yeah, it sucks seeing, like, starting off from such a happy note down to such a negative note. Um, yeah. I wish that they would have read it because it does feel like a goodbye. But I also feel like that could have saved them or save their their marriage too. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I feel it could have at least mended something. Yeah, maybe gotten them more on the cuz like I think like they said in this you're in a relationship, you're living with someone, you grow feelings and those feelings don't just disappear or go away. They they stay there forever or they will stay there forever. You are tied to that person in some way, shape, or form because you grew an attachment to them. And that could be said about anyone you meet as well, anyone that you form an attachment to. Like, 
with me, I'm never going to forget the first girl I had a crush on. Because my attachment to her was just so strong. Like, I'm never going to forget that. As much as I wish, because she was a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, I don't really have any... I don't really... I can't remember the first girl that I liked. Oh, yeah! Her name was Nadine. I don't remember a lot about her, so it's a good (laughs) thing that I choose to forget about her. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. But this was a solid arc. One of the best I feel we've we've seen in a while. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I really have no problems with this arc. It was very well executed. Uh, like the journey that this that their development takes us on, I will never forget this movie. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you. I'm I'm not I'm not perfect score, but I'm in like the high nineties, like ninety eight, around there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right, ninety eight. It is. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got effects. Yeah. What do we grade on this? I forgot. When there really is no effects to grade. Uh, I think we said we were going to do, like, the production, or so, like, the the sets and everything. And I feel like they did a lot of um, on-site shooting. Like, uh, I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree they did. Uh, one of my favorite shots is when uh, Charlie finds out from Nora about everything that's going down, and he walks out onto Times Square. And you can just see him just like freeze after he gets out of off the phone call, and you can just see just like everything is still going or out going around, people crossing the streets, cars just going everywhere, signs going in the back, and he's just he's just stopped dead in his tracks because of what he just heard. I love that shot. Yeah, such a great use of a scenery, such a great use of it. Um. Nora's office, because, like, there was a few sets. So there was just, like, random hotel rooms, uh, the theater company, and just other places like that. Um, I thought the sets were really well used. Um, There were some shots. I want to kind of do some research into why they decided to do some of the shots that they did. Because there was one, and I, I pointed this out while we were watching it, while... Nicole is talking to Nora, the lawyer, about her situation. She's sitting in the couch, but it is such a wide shot. It's almost like she's not the focus of the shot. And I, I'm wondering why they went with that. It's it's weird to think about. <laughs> no, it isn't. I don't know if Netflix offers any special features, but... I know uh, they're releasing a Criterion Blu-ray for this movie, so I'm wondering if they'll dive deeper into that with that. I hope they do. That'd be great to see. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the sets were amazing. Really well used. Um, not, I don't know, like not too much like out there. One of the things that I loved, 
the did you notice this throughout the film nor or nicole never closed a cabinet i did notice that kind of bugged me yeah it bugs the shit out of me too and but it's something that charlie points out in his letter and or was it nicole that pointed it out that she never closes it i think it was in I think it was in Charlie's that she, he points it out. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't honestly remember, but yeah, I'm from the little memory that I have of that situation, I think you're right. Yeah, but someone points out that Nicole never closes the cabinets and that he is always like hitting his head on something or like has to sh- close these like the cabinet doors and throughout the entire freaking movie, she never closes a freaking cabinet she opens it leaves it open and then someone comes along and shuts it and it's not like they make a big deal no one calls her out on it throughout the entire movie like not even charlie whenever he's like dealt with it a couple times like no one calls her out on it it's just she opens a cabinet and walks off and then someone comes up while they're talking and kind of just shuts it but it's never like no one calls her out on her shit (laughs) No, they don't. And it's honestly pretty funny, actually. Yeah, but that's that's one of those things, uh, like continuity-wise, that I really enjoyed. Um, but just worked with the set. They gave the sets lots of doors for her to open and not shut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, overall, I do think it was, like I said, the sets were really well used. The sites that they shot on were really well used. But that being said, I don't think it's like the greatest thing we've ever seen. So I think like my average would be about 80. But with how well they used everything, I'm like 85. I could maybe be talked up to 87 if you wanted to go that high. Um, But I'm not quite up to 90s yet. No, I think a solid 85 is what I'd give it. Yeah, I think that's plenty fair. Alright, so effects will go... What do we say? 85? Yes, sir. 85. Alright, next up we got music. Which we learned was done by Randy Newman. No wonder it was so damn sad. It was! and But it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> It was it was really solid. Like you kind of get some Toy Story vibes, at least Toy Story three vibes from the soundtrack. Yeah, Randy Newman's really good at portraying emotion, and with this movie, it, like I said, it's definitely one of the better soundtracks that I've heard. Um, I think my initial thought when I first heard it was eight. I might be more leaning towards a 7. I could still go for an 8 if you want to go for an 8. But that's kind of what I'm leaning more towards. I can, I honestly can give you a 7 considering. I know it's Randy Newman, but there was really nothing that he did that really stuck out that, like, I maybe didn't hear bits and pieces from, like, the Toy Story movies. So it's nothing really... Um the word breath no it's not breathtaking revolutionary that he did in this movie groundbreaking 
Yes, there we go. Thank you. Groundbreaking that he did in this film. It's, it's kind of classic Randy Newman. Not saying that's a bad thing, but it, it definitely wasn't really anything new. Yeah, it's better than average, but nothing incredible. Yes, I, I yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. All right, next up we got costumes. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Uh, very, very solid. I had no problems with the costumes. Uh, <clears throat> oh my goodness. Uh, Charlie's made sense, especially with him being a theater director. He literally always wore, not a suit and tie, but he always had a, like a button up open shirt with a, uh, sports jacket. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, I really don't have any problems with the, uh, uh, costumes. I think they all looked really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of the same situation with the music. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing absolutely incredible, but they worked. Um, I think our average is like five. Like if that's just like plain Jane. I'm leaning more towards a six, possibly a seven. Uh, I'm more so go a seven. This is me. I can go up to a seven. So, I mean, we can do seven. Dope. All right. Lastly, we got our own personal grade. So I'll let you take this. All right. So overall, uh, this was such a great movie. Uh, So masterfully acted by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Story was incredible. Side characters were really, really good. Just you felt so much emotion throughout this movie, and it was well deserved. And I literally have so very little problems with it. I'm gonna give it a solid ninety-five. Actually, damn, I'm about where you're at. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go in ninety-seven. Um, just because of how much I loved this movie if it was real raw emotion and these actors did a fantastic job honestly the only thing that brings it down for me is some of the side character work and some of the delivery from the son it like the son was okay it was he was adequate but it was just uh, i would have wanted a bit more and the kid was supposed to play he was supposed to be eight, and he acted like he was six, and that really irritated me. And this kid was from the Babadook, and he was—he pissed me off in the Babadook. So one of those points is strictly because I hated him in Babadook. <laughs> one of those three points that I didn't give it give the movie. Other than that, I love this movie, and I teaches you a lot about relationships I feel and because like one of the things that um, I've always been kind of a an advocate for or just something that I really agree with you don't know someone until you fight them and like you don't I don't think you truly know someone until you you go to war with them F- like fight them and and with Nicole she's someone that play she plays dirty 
she, and she's kind of like a little ditzy, I would say, because it's just kind of like, oh, like I don't know what's going on. My lawyer's handling all of that, and it's just like, come on, like seriously, like freaking handle your shit. <laughs> and yeah, so I loved seeing that. I love seeing like just the conflict and them working through that. This is definitely going to be a movie that I check out more. And I think this is something I feel I can learn more stuff through the more I watch it. Um, the score may go down for me the more I watch it. But as of right now, I'm sitting at a 97 because I just love this movie. Okay, with you saying you don't know people until you fight them, let's go. Bet. You're probably right. Anyway, uh, so you gave it a 95. I gave it a 97. We'll average that out to 96. And that brings our final All Bros score for The Marriage Story to... You're really, you're really gonna make it really it's the last time we'll do it in person. Okay, fair. Or for a while. For a while. Uh, B+. Plus. Not bad at all. It's definitely one of the stronger B pluses that we've had. Um, oh yeah, it's it's definitely one of the stronger ones. So the cutoff for an A minus is a ninety, and this is uh, sitting at an eighty nine point eight percent. Um, shell. Let's see what else that puts it in line with. B plus that puts it in line with Halloween nineteen seventy eight, which I guess I'll agree with. <laughs> uh, puts it in line with Nightmare on Elm. Uh, same with Psycho. I think that these movies could easily be like all of our B plus movies could easily be A minus movies. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. B plus, B plus. All so all the movies I'm I'm listing off are B plus movies. Um, I might as well do the percentages too. So it is two points higher than Halloween. Uh, three points higher than Nightmare on Elm. Two points higher than Psycho. Ooh, it is exact. It's on the same freaking level as the Five Bloods. The Five Bloods we had gave it an eighty nine point eight. This one's an eighty nine point eight one. So a point zero one percent difference between the Five Bloods and Marriage Story. What do you think of that? That's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Point four per or yeah, point four percent higher than Ready or Not. Okay. Uh, it it's about in line with the Avengers. The original twenty twelve. Yep. Okay. And about in line with Black Panther. All right, not bad. It's a little bit three points higher. Then Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, 
0.5% higher than Knives Out. Okay. And 1% higher than The Invisible Man. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. And I'd list off the other movies, but we'd be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. B plus. 89.8. Damn, that really is close to an A minus. Holy shit. Yeah, it's not far off. It is not far off at all. Um, but I think it's well deserved. Oh, absolutely! I love this movie. Yeah, honestly, the only thing that brings it down, and I think if we would have been a little bit more like, I'm willing to bet that if we would have given either costumes or music an eight, that it would have bumped it up to an A minus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but the way that we grade, unfortunately, didn't make it there. Um. Anyway, so that concludes this week's breakdown. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode and want to hear more of our stuff, uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are damn near everywhere you can find them. Uh, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube, even though we are super freaking hard to find. <laughs> I don't even know like how to f- fix that. Yeah, I don't know how to fix that. Because like, there's a we are the All Bros. There is an All Bros uh, channel, and they have like twenty eight thousand subscribers, and yeah, and I don't think they've released anything in the past like ever. So I don't know what the freaking deal is, YouTube. Um. Anyway. But yeah, you can follow us uh, on social media. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash theallbros. Twitter and Instagram at theallbros. Uh, hit us up if you have an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us. We would love to have anyone on. Um, we were supposed to have Vic on. Like I said earlier in the episode, but he bailed because women. I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> Basically, all that Caleb said. Yeah, I absolutely agree with it. <laughs> oh, we still love you, Vic. So, yeah, you can also hit us up on our email, theallbroschannel at gmail.com. Check out our website tinyurl.com slash theallbros that has links to everything that we do uh, including our merch store which is on tpublic tpublic.com slash user slash theallbros channel or like I said link on the website um, next week uh, we will be breaking down Tusk and Victor should be joining us that on that episode if he doesn't I'm going to be pissed um, but yeah, we'll also be celebrating our third year birthday of the All Bros. Um, the first, I want to say the first episode that we released was on November 11th. So 11-11. Oh, that's easy to remember. I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I think that was the day that we released our... Either it was our first official or it was our test. Uh, Whichever one it was, no freaking clue. But 
we released it and yeah so that's that's what we're calling our birth birthday <laughs> uh so we'll post something special for that uh look forward to tusk uh next week and until then this has been the all bros podcast i'm caleb and i'm jonathan and we'll catch you guys next week deuces so long that one wasn't bad yes had to finish it off strong